Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back for episode number 19 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am your host, Rick, and I'm your other host, Patrick. And tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy late Thanksgiving because it'll be Black Friday when this comes out. Oh, that's true. Happy Black Friday, too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully no one's in the hospital recovering from exploding frying turkey incidents. (laughs) Or... Or in the hospital from being mauled at a Walmart at midnight. Yeah, that too. <laughs> just stay away from Walmart in general. Just don't go to Walmart. That's that's my general rule. On so I went to I went to Black Friday. Have you ever done Black Friday before? Um, never like Thursday night or early Friday morning. I did work retail Black Friday one year, uh-huh. like just helping a buddy who worked at a place, and um, so I. I did work Black Friday weekend, and that was quite possibly the most miserable experience of my entire life. Yeah. So um, I went one time to Walmart mm-hmm. at midnight, and it was like a like uh, everybody was in the store already, so there was no stampeding in, but you had to like find what it was that like everything was in wrapped up pallets. Yeah. And and I remember going in there and finding the one thing that I wanted. And then realizing that there was like 700,000 people around that pallet. And I was like, eh, I'm going home. I and I left and I did Amazon not get on Monday. <laughs> yeah, bought it on Cyber Monday for like $4 more than I would have paid for it in Walmart. And I was like, eh, but I didn't have to fight anybody or get my, you know, arms broken trying yeah. to save $4. There's just nothing really like appealing to me about that whole after you've eaten a bunch of food going out and like, oh, let's go. Let's go save $17 on a pair of jeans. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> I'll pay the $17. I'm okay. Not that Thursday night. Or I don't need the jeans. If I go, I'd go later in the day on Friday. After all the psycho people are home. Yes. Mostly because what I want, nobody wants anyway. I yeah. want all the weird stuff. That's that's if I go. Yeah. The odds of that happening are slim to none. I'm with you there. Most of the time on Friday, on Black Friday, I'm asleep because I ate way too much Mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving Day. Recovering from the festivities of Thanksgiving. Yes. So, watching football. It's going to be a big football weekend. It's going to be a good weekend all around. So, So, what do we have on tap tonight? All right, so tonight we've got um, from the Breckenridge Brewery in Breckenridge, Colorado. Uh-huh. They actually have two breweries, but I'm going to say this one's in Breckenridge. Um, we have the Vanilla Porter. Roasted malts with notes of vanilla. I felt like it was pretty pretty straightforward on the name. It's a vanilla flavored porter. Yep. This one, uh, it's got a... I saw you holding it up to the light. It looks like it's a little more Same. amber. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dark, but it's got a little bit of amber in it. Um, let's see here. Another, another but, point for uh, for bottle design. Yeah. Man, I kind of like this. Like, it's really kind of just basic, but it looks really good and clean. It's mountains, vanilla plant, trees, mm-hmm. uh, 5.4 ABV, and the website says 16 IBUs. Does it say that on right the bottle as well? I don't see it on the bottle, but it definitely says 5.4. Yeah, so I don't have the IBU rating on there. So, IBU of 16, this is not going to be a bitter beer at all. Love it. Um, so, this is the 19th episode of the Beers and Bible Podcast. This is the yes. first episode that the beer that we, the website we go to, has had recipes for use of the beer. Ooh, 
tell us about that one little dessert there. Okay, so they got two. They got two recipes. They don't have like a page worth. Uh, vanilla porter milkshake seems pretty straightforward. Didn't even bother clicking on it. The vanilla porter biramisu, though. Biramisu. That is what I'm talking about. <laughs> sounds like something that would be a glorious gift from the heavens. Yes. Yes. Sir. Hey, look. In the instructions, it says dust with cocoa. Dust with cocoa and repeat the process. I am all about that. Refrigerate for two hours. That I mean, like I'm getting hungry right now. I'm yeah. Just thinking about that. If the, I if do the, love tiramisu. If all the stores had not already closed because <laughs> it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, <laughs> you and I would be meeting at a Walmart somewhere to get the stuff to, <laughs> to make get, this stuff. To get all the stuff. Yes. So. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But anyway. So yeah, there we've got the the vanilla porter from the Breckenridge Brewery. I like their logo too. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun looking. Yes, lightning bolts and the fine Colorado ales. They've got they've got that alliteration going on with Breckenridge Brew, kind of like beers and Bible. That's right. Alliteration. Yeah, wink, wink. Nod, nod. Yeah, it's alliteration. Yeah. B B B. We should we it's should the beers and Bible Breckenridge Brewery pod <laughs> episode podcast. Thing. It's something. <laughs> that was a fail. Hey, this beer has 44 likes on Facebook. Nice. I don't know what that means. I don't like, know what that's... Just this one beer? Just this one particular... <laughs> There's a Facebook page just for this beer? Well, it's got like a like button on the uh-huh. page. I'm kind of scared oh, to click okay. it because it's going to go to my like personal. I don't want it to pop uh-huh. up that like... <laughs> we, we can't be known who we are. For real... Real name inserted here for Patrick likes Vanilla Porter from Breckenridge Brewery. That would be really difficult to explain. And then, it, you know, the rails would come off this thing, so. I don't know what happens. Oh, man. Did you click like? No, no, I didn't. I'm just, I'm trying to find it and I can't. Okay. Oh, well. Anyway. Away before I get in trouble. No, no, that's a good idea, so. Um, I guess let's crack them open. Let's and crack this thing open and see what it what it pours up and tastes like. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh god! I smelled. Oh dear! Just I kind of like the smell. Ooh, that's right out of the right out of the gate. I don't I don't know what to think. So today I went to a a restaurant. And had lunch, and uh, one of our one of our favorites. In fact, I, I listed it as one of my favorites. The the classic city lager. Yeah, one of my favorites too. Um, they had this this place had another classic city beer on tap, and I almost got the classic city lager, but I was like, no, I'm, I want to try something that I've never had. And so I got this thing called the it was the wreck. It was a classic city wreck something. I'm going to look it up. But it was an amber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Classic City Lager. Because it was, I think it's from Creature Comforts. Yeah. Is who makes that. Um, But it was called the Classic City Wreck something. And it was really good. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is tasty. I want to have another one. Some of us had to work today. So we weren't able to consume alcohol okay. at lunch. Yep. They called it the Wreck Rye. That's it. It's reclaimed. They call it the Reclaimed Rye. Rye Amber on French Oak, and it was really good. Are you sure you're not talking about a carpentry thing? Because it sounds like you just listed a bunch of... (laughs) (laughs) It's a side palette. Yeah. (laughs) No, so um, Vanilla Porter smells really nice. Yeah, it does. It looks good, too. Yeah. I just keep smelling the bottle because I don't want to accidentally drink without you. Okay. Hey, look, right. I got I got decent uh, foam on mine this week. Yeah, you did. I I got nothing. Mine's like went went gone already. <laughs> I didn't pour right. The color is real nice. It's it looks like it's going to be nice and smooth. Yeah, I do like the smell of it though. So let's uh let's down the hatch this bad boy and uh see how see how it tastes for us. Yeah, here Before we go. It. Vanilla porter. That's pretty good. Is 
isn't I'm starting I'm starting to like porters more. Like I've typically avoided them, but I'm starting to like them more. I I think maybe I had just gotten the wrong kind for for the longest time. Yeah, some, something I'm figuring out is if you don't get the right beer, it's gonna wreck your opinion mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. of that kind of beer for across the board. Yeah, and until you get something that you know is good, is good. That's just gonna be your <laughs> Um, so, so here, here's something funny. I used to live in a state when I, when I turned 21, I lived in a state that did not allow the sales of beer above 5%. So if you sold beer in the state, it had to be below 5%. Okay. And, uh, and, and so maybe I'm, I'm starting to think that, that maybe that's my problem is all the beers that I had were really crappy because they weren't five percent. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. I've spent the entirety of my life over the, you know, over drinking age in, in a state where that's not a, that's not an issue. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that, which state was know. that, Rick? <laughs> it's the one next to the other state, beside that one state. It's got states all around it. States all around it. Okay. Yes. Yes, it does. So it's got states to the left and states to the right. I feel like there's a song somewhere in there. I got jokers to the left and jokers to the right. Who we got to tag this week? Now that you're quoting song lyrics again, <laughs> is that Steve Miller? You tell me, dude. I've never heard that before. I don't know. Anyway, so back to, back to the <laughs> Sorry about Porter. that. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um. Yeah, I like this. I mean, it's. I think it, it's. I'm not. I'm not crazy about it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's decent. Um, it's, it's good. It's I'm, it's good. I'm not going to give this one a great rating though. No, no. I, I mean, I would drink this if it were there. I mean, I'm going to finish it because that's what I do. Yes. But I'm not going to pour beer down the drain or anything like that because I'm not a psycho. Not um, unless it's Natty Light. Unless it's Natty Light or... Uh, or Marty Banyan. <laughs> nope. That's... <laughs> I disagree with you on that. Again, we keep coming back to how we disagree on that, but... Yes. That's why I keep bringing it up. <laughs> so... Let's start with you, what I you, guess. What are you going to give it? What okay. are you going to give it? Um, it's good. It's... For me, it's a very average beer. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm not sure how strong the vanilla is, and I think part of my problem is I'm expecting something so, like, knock your socks off good, like the yeah. no crust was two weeks ago. Yeah, it does say, it just, it says with notes of vanilla. So, and I and I get that, but that wasn't my expectation going into but it. But are calling it the vanilla porter, it's not a, the porter vanilla. It's not, it's not a vanilla note porter, it's vanilla mm-hmm. porter. Um... All that being said, I'm going to give this one three and a half Luthers. Yeah. And for and for me, that's a pretty low rating. Um. And I and I know that. Excuse me. It's, it's fighting. It's fighting back a little bit. <laughs> it's mad about you. It is. It's been like, hey, buddy, no. So yeah, three and a half. Um, it's good. It's just kind of an average beer. Yep. There's nothing really here that's gonna gonna knock it out of the park for me. So three and a half liters on the scale of liters. one to five for me. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna come in the same. I'm gonna come in at three and a half liters on this one. It's good, but it doesn't have any kind of like. Yes, you know, it's just kind of like, eh, it's good. So it's so, a good beer. So like thinking back to the no crusts, from the moment we opened the bottle on that one, it was like. That smells like peanut butter. Yeah. That tastes like an uncrustable. It looks like jelly. The bottle was phenomenal. Like this bottle is this bottle is decent, but you you knew we were going to give it five before we even drank it. Yeah. Just based on bottle and smell, I was like, this one's got mm-hmm. a good ch- got a good chance. So yeah. Um, and this one's just, I mean, it I it tastes very similar to what I remember Budweiser tasting like. <laughs> 
Back when you were 21? <laughs> no, like, before this whole thing, I, that was pretty much my entire beer knowledge was Budweiser. Yeah. And compared to the other beers that we've had, um, this one's just kind of bland to me. Yeah, yeah. I can go, I, I can see that. It is, it's... My wife just give, a... did just give me the stink eye on that, though, so... <laughs> My wife, my wife came in here and like snagged a sip out of my out of my cup a minute ago, and she, I think she really liked it too. So hopefully she's going to drink the other two because eh, I, I don't know that I'll drink them. I mean, if they're still there in a couple of days, I may drink them, but but I'm not going to be like, ooh, I'm going to go find that other one in the refrigerator real quick and have another one. No, if they're still there, I might have to come get them for my wife or get one for my <laughs> wife when I come get that <laughs> other thing that they got to get from you. So yes, but look, three and a half Luthers is still a is a good showing. It's not a. Hey. Remember the the three to four is good. Four and above is is great. Below three is don't even bother. Yeah. Yeah. This one. This one's a three and a half, and it's is you're you're right. It's just kind of bland. Like it, there's nothing abnormal about it. I guess is a way. Like if I think of porter, I think of something thick. It is a little thick. Um, it's definitely not bitter, so the the IBU rating is there. Mm-hmm. It's right on. I wonder um, if because because it's a porter, because since the IBU is so low, I wonder if that might be having something to do with why I'm yeah. hesitant to give it a lower rating. Because in my mind, porters are much stronger. Yeah, typically they are. Typically, and this one's just kind of it's. I mean, it's smooth. It's e- it's easy. It's you know it's easy to drink, mm-hmm. but um. I don't know, just didn't really meet some expectations that I had, whether they were warranted or not. Yeah. It didn't, this didn't is, meet those expectations. This is what I was afraid of once we got to the both of us having a five, was we we're constantly going to be going back to, oh man, you remember that five? That five was so good. And it doesn't help that the five was the same beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I had yeah. a five a few, I had a five before yeah, you did. you had... Uh, you had the Gaelic Ale, mm-hmm. and that was Gaelic Ale five. I've got some more of those in my fridge. I might have one of, before we're done with this. There you go. I had I had another Gaelic Ale the other night, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. Like I'm I'm still on four and a half on that one because mm-hmm. to me it was not as good as No Crust. Um, but but yeah, it was. I mean, it was really good. And I, mm-hmm. I like I said I had another one the other night, and it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but man, it's just there's just something about that, and and the funny thing is is I've tried to find that no crust and I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, I, it is even even the place where it has been it was purchased from originally, we can't find it. Well, then we need to call that place and say, "Hey, where <laughs> where y'all keep, where y'all keeping it?" <laughs> but <laughs> you'll need to get on this right now. Yeah. But Breckenridge Brewery Vanilla Porter, three and a half liters out of Rick and myself. Yep. Um or not three and a half porters Three and a half Luthers. <laughs> Luthers. I was reading Porter on the on the screen. That's that's where <laughs> that came from. So, uh, but three and a half Luthers from Rick and myself. Good. It's a good. It's a good rating. It's it's worth a try. Yeah. I, I, I would yeah. I would say that much. It, 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 is, worth, it is worth a try. Yeah, if you're bored and don't have anything else, and you just kind of want to try a new beer, give it a shot. I mean, you you may like it better than us. That's entirely possible. Um, you know, just cause our, just cause we have this opinion doesn't mean we're right, even though we are right. Look at this, the um, bubbles are leaving like a skull looking thing. Did you see oh, that? that's fun. That's cool. Dude, I wonder if you can make like a Jesus bubble. I don't know. But you, could, you could, you could sell it to a Catholic as a relic. If they could gather it. No, but remember back in like, I don't, like episode two or three, I guess, is when we were talking about. What we were hope what we were hoping to accomplish with trying different beers is that we were encouraging our listeners to also try different beers. Try new stuff. Whether or not it's the beer we're trying or not, just don't go to the store and get your same old same old. It has been I don't know, three months, four months since I bought Budweiser. And that used to be like, Alright, I'm going I'm on my out the door, I'm going to get Budweiser, what do you want? Like like that used to be my that, that was my go to. And now I I don't know if I could I don't know if I could drink a whole six pack of Budweiser. See, that's that's what I love about Yingling. Like, I mean, I love drinking these, and I love drinking. Uh, I do like Yingling. I do like Yingling now too. So that might but, have something to do with it. 
But man, if like if I'm going for the cheapest six pack I can find, I'm going for Yingling because it's like five dollars a six pack and it's good. You know what? I think maybe it's not that I like Yingling. I just like beer. That's true. Also like beer because beer is good. So All right. There you go. So yeah, now we're on to concise theology. And we're going to pick up talking about the law. And we're back. Uh, we're going to continue in our discussion in concise theology. Shocker, I know. Um, <laughs> what is this, episode 19? We are 18 episodes in to concise like theology. 30% done. Yeah, we're getting there. It's... A slow, slow and steady process. It's going to be real interesting um, when we finish this. And I don't know, you know, what we, we haven't discussed that yet because we're still so, months away from that happening. Here's, here's what we're going to do: after we finish concise theology, we're going to go through Calvin's Institutes chapter by chapter, and it's going to take us um, seventy five hundred weeks to finish it. Can we do like a four, a four week study after this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have, have, have you ever been in a church, Noel? Have you ever been in a church where the pastor does like a study through, like Psalm one nineteen, and it takes oh, like two years? <laughs> yes, yes, I have been in that. And then they immediately go into like Romans, beginning <laughs> the end of Romans. <laughs> hey, John John Piper preached Romans for nine years. Well, nine years. John Piper was much more thorough than our pastor was. But anyway, true story. I mean, we were still in Romans for like two years. Oh wait, maybe it was Acts. The Babylon Bee had six or one. It doesn't matter. Babylon Bee had a recent post that was like, you know, pastor wraps up a forty-seven year journey through Romans with Romans like you know sixteen twenty-four D. Yeah, (laughs) with an in-depth study of Romans sixteen twenty-four D or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll discuss that at some point, what we're going to do after concise theology. we got plenty of time. We have time. <laughs> there is much, much more to discuss. To discuss. So anyway, Tonight we're talking about the law, though. Yeah, we're going to talk about the law and how God legislates and then also demands obedience. Yes. So uh, Deuteronomy 5.1 is the verse that Packer uses to kind of set everything up. He says, Moses, and that's it, not... Packer doesn't say this. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. <laughs> In Deuteronomy five uh, one, Moses summoned all Israel and said, "Hear, O Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them." So, um, when we talk about the law, Rick, what's the what's one of the first things that comes to your mind? Um, I should not speed. Okay. Which I do on the regular. <laughs> I was about to say, I've ridden with you. You speed fairly, pretty much from the time you leave to the time you arrive. <laughs> I speed in the parking lot. <laughs> um, that's you a, know, that's, that is a good point. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the law originally, the, the very first law we had, we go, we'll take this back to the fall and the original sin. The very first law we had was don't eat of the true tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And, Inevitably, what happens is is when you get the law, you want to break the law. Like, you know... Breaking the law! Breaking the law! Breaking the law! If I see that 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set my cruise on 60. <laughs> and and then I'm going to get mad at that police officer. Why did you pull me over? I was only doing five miles an hour over the speed limit while you were breaking the law. But, yeah. but you know... I um, think, you know... I think traffic laws are kind of easy to, to remember because everyone has to deal with them. But even something as simple as, like, running a yellow light. Mm-hmm. Like, if the light is yellow and you're not in the intersection, you're supposed to stop. The, the yellow light means go very fast. Uh, Haven't you ever seen Encino Man? I don't think the law would cause you to break another law, though. <laughs> but the yellow light means go very fast. I have not seen that, whatever you just said, so... <laughs> But that's why so, I'm a child of the 90s will, will remember Encino Man. Well, anyway, I'm a child of the 90s. I don't, but that doesn't mean anything. Yep. But anyway, so, but that's what I think of, like, you know, traffic laws or, um, 
I don't really know what else. Traffic laws are easy are an easy one because they're imposed on us by someone who has authority. Yes. They're they're there for our benefit, they're there to keep us safe and all that kind of yes. stuff, and yet we still every single day break yes. at least one traffic law. Yes. If you're not speeding, you're lying. And so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And, and, I mean, so realistically, to, to bring this back to Packer, what this teaches us is that we are not autonomous beings. Like, the law is not, we do not get to make our own law. If every mm-hmm. person got to make their own law, then we would have anarchy, which yeah. is what the anarchists want. But but we have to be bound by some law that is outside of us. Right. Um, and, and what the Christian worldview teaches us is that we are bound by God's law because he is the creator of of the world he's the creator of the universe so he's the one who has set the law uh in place now there, there's a there's a fun term that that a lot of theologians like to talk about when you when you talk about um being bound to god's law and that is the word theonomy or being theonomous mm-hmm. um and honestly so, i never heard of that until i read this <laughs> until i read this so, chapter yeah so when we talk about theonomy um, what we're talking about, and 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 I'll I'll give this example, but but I want you to understand that that this is not what I would say is the correct view, okay? Um, and, and well, okay, I'm gonna preface it. So there's there's two different types of theonomy, okay? So you have theonomy, which is like kind of individual mandate or or mandates over your moral character, and then you have theocracy which is an actual governmental law uh-huh. that right. is run by one run by theological terms. And so, um, and a lot of times those two terms get mixed up because, right. because you hear people say, you know, Oh, America was founded on God's law. And, 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 and because we were founded on God's law, we we're a Christian nation. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, we're not a Christian nation. Yes. We were founded on Judeo Christian principles, mm-hmm. theonomy, but we are not a theocracy. Right. And, and so the, the the laws of our land are not bound to Judeo-Christian uh, laws. Right. So if somebody if somebody steals, we don't do what the Old Testament does and cut off their hand. You know. And so so could you imagine? Could you imagine the world in a plate? And could you imagine a world like that? There were so, so many, many one-handed people. people. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, so. Maybe that is a good idea, though. I don't know. Yeah. So, but thinking about that, so is there an example of a, and this might be my ignorance talking, I don't know, but is there a an example of a legitimate theocracy? Yes. And and, and this is where I was about to go. So, good question. Um, Look at that setup. We didn't even talk about it or anything. Um, so, there there is a religion that, that holds to a theocratic view, um, and that would be the nation of Islam. So if you've ever heard the term Sharia law, okay. Sharia law is a theocracy. So the nation of Iran, I think, um, that used to be, I think Saudi Arabia used to be a Sharia law country. Um, but that is where the, the laws of Islam are the laws of the land. So if you break the law of Islam, you also break, I mean, that would be like stealing for, for instance. And so, what you end up with is the church being the enforcer of the law, mm-hmm. which is why in in uh, Islamic majority Islamic countries you have uh, major laws against homosexuality, you have major laws against um, uh, infer, infer, infertility, not infertility, infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, you have and and typically because of the nature of Islam. These, these laws tend to be very patriarchal. Um, they tend to favor men a lot more than women um, because the, the religion of Islam is a very patriarchal um, yeah. mm-hmm. religion. Um, and so, so you know, you, if, you, if you really study into, and I haven't like done an in-depth study. I've done, I've done some light studying on it, but if you really get down into the depth of Islam, you know, you find out that that man, you can you can literally be, you know, hung or killed for for almost anything. Right. And and if they don't like you, they can put you on trial and, and find you guilty, and and you're out the door. Yeah. 
Um, and so, so that's why, you know, I think the founders of America were, were so sensitive to that kind of stuff that they said, all right, we want to use Judeo-Christian principles, but we don't want to make it. We also want to have religious liberty because a lot of your um, ancient medieval, uh, even on maybe up to maybe like the Enlightenment period, but even, I mean, even still today, like the Church of England um, is is kind of married to the state but you have this that's where the idea of the separation of church and state came from is mm -hmm. that is that there's no state mandated church there's no state law mm -hmm. that says you have to attend this church for you know whereas in an islamic state there is you know you can't be a christian in an islamic state right because that's against islam to do that right um but in america or in in a in a society that is not theocratic um, you can say, okay, we have religious liberty. We have the, the freedom to worship as we see fit. So you can be a Catholic, you can be a Protestant, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Buddhist, you can be a New Age, you can be a Pastafarian. You can be whatever religion you want to mm -hmm. up until the point where you don't break the, the civil law right. because of your religion, you know? Right. And, and so, so that's where, and that's where we need to, need to understand the, the relationship between uh, theocratic law or theonomous law and civil law. And right. so so that's when we, because because God's law is is hated uh, naturally by man, we, you know, we, we're kind of born into sin and guilt um, that we've already talked about. And because of that, we have a natural inclination to, to turn against God. Mm -hmm. That's our, that's our inability to right. into play right there. So right, right. I'm going to try to build all the stuff that we've been talking about. Um, and so God commands us to live a certain way. Um, and that's how, that's how we basically fall into sin because we're commanded to do something, but our, but our inability says, no, we're going to do our own thing. We live, mm -hmm. we try to live autonomously. Um, and we can't, we have to be under right under under the law of god um so that's where you so to set all that up is where you get to this this what we call the threefold or the three divisions of the law um and packer talked a little bit about those dive mm -hmm. into some of those the the three different divisions or the three sorts uh of yeah. laws that the bible kind of lays out yeah so the first uh biblical law the first uh, type of biblical law however you want to put it is this is the moral law um jesus put it simply he said love god love your neighbor that's the moral law that uh, that is the um that's the first that's that's basically following the ten commandments love god love your neighbor um and then you have the political law um, which is a civil law. We've kind of talked a little bit about that. You know, the laws that the government enforces, the, the government sets up that it expects citizens of the country to follow. If you're in the country, it expects you to follow it, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the ritual law or the ceremonial law. So that is where things like um, in the Old Testament, um, like a lot it's of like a, lo book a of lot Leviticus. of Leviticus um, is all ceremonial law stuff. Don't eat pork. Don't eat self shellfish. Don't wear uh, linens of mixed. Uh, don't material. wear Labor Day. Yeah, that's right there in Leviticus. <laughs> don't make marks on your flesh for the dead. Don't cut your hair. All this kind of stuff. Um, so that's 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 kind of the different um, divisions of the of the law there. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so when we talk about these divisions of the law, we're we're talking about certain aspects now and and so obviously the moral law is something that's like that's that's the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Um and that's where a lot of laws come from is they kind of come to this based out of the Ten Commandments. Those are things that what we what some people would say, and there's there's different views, but some people would say, okay, the moral law is still in effect or the moral law is still not in effect. I would hold that the moral law is still in effect. We are mm -hmm. still bound. Yeah. And the way I would say that is because of what Jesus said was the, the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The very next commandment that he says is love your neighbor as yourselves. And then, and then he follows it up with this statement. He says, all of the law and the prophets are summed up in these. 
So what he's saying is, is Jesus is saying, hey, you don't get rid of them. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving you a really concise version of, of, of how to do that. Now, yeah. if you've ever if you've ever ever studied the Ten Commandments at all, you understand that that the Ten Commandments can be broken up into two different different groups. The first mm-hmm. four commandments are are those commandments that are related to God. Mm-hmm. The last six commandments are those commandments that are related to man. So you have um, you shall have no other idols. Um, there there's one God. You shall have no other idols. Uh, remember Sabbath day and don't, don't use the Lord's name in vain. Those are out of order, but but that's what they are. So that's the first four, and then and then the next five: honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not covet. Um, and you shall not commit adultery. I already said adultery. Bear witness. Bear false but witness. You shall, shall not bear false witness. So all of those are the ones that are related to your horizontal relationships, mm-hmm. and so you yeah. have this these two different divisions of of the of the Ten Commandments, and when you look at them, the, the Ten Commandments are broken down into love God, the first four, and love those people around you, the last six. Mm-hmm. So that's why he says, that's why Jesus says that all of the law and the prophets are summed up in those two statements, because, right. because that's that's how you live out the Ten Commandments, is you love God and love your neighbor, mm-hmm. okay? And then, and then if you're doing that, you're going to naturally fall into a civil view of the law. Mm-hmm. And which is which is you know you're not going to kill your neighbor you're not going to steal from your neighbor you're not going to um, try to run your neighbor off the street or or anything like that which is which is all going to be related to civil law kind mm-hmm. of stuff and then the ceremonial law is what really comes in and that's where you talk about people's consciences because because you know um, maybe they have a law that says uh, or 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 maybe the Bible teaches us that we shouldn't. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, but I can't. Of something that would be ceremonially ceremonial. Okay, so not eating, not eating meat sacrificed to idols. So I was, and, and so okay, um, yeah. Talk, let's talk about like the Book of Acts, um, where where it says, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Mm-hmm. Don't call something unclean that I have called clean." Mm-hmm. So, so in the Old Testament, they they didn't eat certain things because God said, "Hey, you should probably avoid those." And realistically, he said to avoid those because they could lead to sickness, they could lead to death, they could lead to all this kind of stuff. And he's like, okay, we'll just avoid it. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, there's we, we know how to clean it, we know how to do all this kind of stuff. So, like shellfish, I love eating shrimp. Mm-hmm. So, I am obviously going to not follow the, the law that says I should, I should not eat shellfish. Right. You know. Um, because we know how to clean shellfish, mm-hmm. we know how to do all that kind of stuff, we know how to cook them and, and all this kind of stuff. But but when Jesus came, he also came to fulfill that law. Right. So so he came to say, and and he says this: I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. So so we now and and then you start talking about the book of Galatians because Christ has fulfilled the law. We don't have to um, bind ourselves to this ceremonial law in mm-hmm. every single aspect. Now there are certain aspects of it that we still should. Yeah. This is where the debate around Christian liberty comes in, right? And that's where that's where Peter, I'm sorry, not Peter. That's where Paul talks about in Galatians when he's saying, "Hey, if somebody's eating this this food that that is sacrificed to idols, that's it's okay. That's mm-hmm. not against one of the moral laws, and it's not against the civil law. So, so let's let's have a little grace in here. Mm-hmm. Let's not bind ourselves like the like the Pharisees." did in the old testament mm-hmm. you know let's let's really let's have grace with each other and realize that we're different we're gonna have different views and and i mean i can't think of a better example of of the ceremonial law than consuming alcohol mm-hmm. there's people who say you shouldn't and then there's people who say you should and the reality is that all of us should have a little bit more grace in dealing with each other mm-hmm. and and so that's that's where you kind of that's where you see this this whole threefold division of the law mm-hmm break down that's how you see it um flow out into our christian life and how you how we can better put it into practice right does that make sense yeah i feel um, like i'm talking a whole lot you are and that's okay <laughs> um as far as the alcohol thing goes you know you said you know there are people who say you should and people who say you sh- who say you shouldn't i mean personally at the end of the day it's going to be however you apply the scripture however you I don't want to say interpret because the Bible has one interpretation, but yeah, the application. So, yes. um, but however you want to apply scripture to your own life, um, 
and, and you know, if you if you believe that the Bible teaches that it's okay to drink alcohol, then go for it. But if you believe that it's not that it doesn't, don't. But don't on both sides of the fence. We shouldn't be pushing people to do the opposite of what they feel the Bible says. Exactly. exactly. Um, and I, I would hope that we would never go some go walk into like an SBC church and say y'all should be drinking all the time in here. <laughs> and I would hope that no like, um, no pastor would see us drinking at a restaurant and go like, "What are you doing? Do you even love Jesus?" Kind of thing. Yeah. And. And and the sad part about it is that's so ingrained in church culture now, though that that, that is the response. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's like it's like we completely forgot about the Book of Galatians for fifty years in church history. Or yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and so so we need we need to realize that people are different than we are, and just because they do something that we don't doesn't make them wrong, mm-hmm. and just because we do something and they don't doesn't mean we're they're wrong right you know yeah um and so so you know and and i think that i think that mirror can be applied both ways which is a great segment into the second thing we're going to talk about segue good good try (laughs) whatever you said segment it's okay so um so we talked about the law talked about different kinds of law moral political ritual all that stuff now we're going to talk about law in action, which is God's uh, God's moral law has three distinct purposes. Um, God's law acts as a mirror. God's law helps us to restrain evil. And God's law is a guide for us. Um, Romans 7.7 7 said, and again, this is what Packer uses, so we're just... Um, from Packer. Go, you were just using Packer. Um, Romans 7, 7 says, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. Um, yes. And then God intends um, his law to function in three ways, which we'll talk about. Yeah. So uh, the first way is as a mirror. Um, you've, heard, you've heard that, you know, the Bible is a mirror for, for our lives, for our hearts, for, um, for our minds. We can... I guess see ourselves in in scripture and in the law, um, but the law should reflect us to the perfect righteousness of God, and it should also show us our own sinfulness and shortcomings. So, mm-hmm. in in following the law, that should point us to being righteous, while at the same time, when we fail to keep the law. That, um, uh, what's the word? Like that shows us, you know, the areas in our life that we need to work on, that we need that we need to mm-hmm. relinquish to God. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It when when you say it's a mirror, um, the law the law does not condemn us. Mm. We condemn ourselves. The law just shows us where and why we are condemned. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and I, I always like to go to um, John three seventeen and 18 when I talk about this. Because, you know, a lot of people say say that, that Christ came into the world to condemn the world. You know, he, he came to show everybody how awful they were. Uh, no, that's, that's, not exa- that's not at all what the Bible teaches. In fact, if you read John 3... Um, you get to, I'll start in verse 16 because everybody's going to know it. For God so loved the world in this way. He gave his only son so that anyone and everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Mm. So we, we are condemned and and the law is what shows us that we are condemned. You know, um, I I can't know that I have a huge cut on my face because I can't see my face until I hold a mirror up in front of my face, and then I can I can see that cut. But the reality is, if I don't hold that mirror up, that cut is still there. You know, mm-hmm. um, that that problem that that whatever that is is still there. That doesn't you know just because I can't see it doesn't make it go away. Right. 
Um, you know, it, the whole out of sight, out of mind doesn't apply here. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, that's what when we say the law acts as a mirror, that's what we're saying. It's saying it's showing us what's wrong with us yeah. so that we can, so that we can fix it. Yeah. Um, but, but, and, and, and we don't have the ability to fix it. Let me, let me be clear about that. We don't mm-hmm. have the ability to fix it, but God is the one who has to fix it for us, but it shows us our need for a savior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and Augustine, I think Packer brought out Augustine mm-hmm. where he says, the law bids us as we try to fulfill its requirements and we become wearied in our weakness under it to know to ask, to know how to ask for the help of grace. Mm. And and that is that is the perfect summation of, of the law as a mirror. It shows you your problem and then it's like you're looking at a mirror but you don't have anything um, to to fix fix the problem with. And so you say, God, I need you to help me. I mm-hmm. need you to do this for me. I need you to yeah. fix this for me. Uh, I'm asking you to do this, and that's what the law does: is is it says I can't do this, you're gonna have to do this for me. Mm-hmm. But but I've been I've I see my I see my sinfulness, I see my mm-hmm. brokenness, I see what's wrong with me. Um, right. So that's 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 the way I read the law as a mirror. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Without without no, without the law, we wouldn't. Without the law as a mirror, we wouldn't be able to see our need for Jesus. Exactly. So then we get to number two. The law is is here to restrain evil, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and obviously this is uh, this is kind of weird because there's still evil in the world. So we yeah. say, well, is is the law of God doing its job? Is it restraining evil? Is it? Oh, that was a, I thought that was a rhetorical. <laughs> my bad. Um, it was rhetorical for a second until I said that second. Is it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is the law itself restraining evil? Maybe. (laughs) I'm not sure. Jesus? Yeah. When you get called on in Sunday school and you don't know the answer, you're just like, Jesus? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Can the law change people? In and of itself, no. Okay. That's that's where I would say the law, much like a mirror, doesn't do the restraining. Okay. The spirit does the restraining, but the way that we see that is through the law. Okay. So so again, it, like it's almost like it's building on this idea of of the mirror when you talk about restraining evil. Right. And even even still, when you see something. Uh, good happened when something bad could have happened. Mm-hmm. That is the restraint of evil. Yeah, and, okay. and God is the one who does that. Okay. Um, that that's when you start talking. You start getting into providence, um, and you start talking about the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. God is the one who who allows and restrains evil. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I I always go to um, Proverbs sixteen. Whenever, whenever I talk about this, because to me, Proverbs 16 really sums up this whole concept. There's multiple verses, but you can start right from the beginning. Um, 16.1, the reflections of a heart belong to mankind, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Um, 16.9, a person's heart plans his ways, but the Lord determines his steps. Um, and then, let's see here, there's another one in 16... I can't remember it off the top of my head. For some oh, reason, 16.4. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, when you talk about, and, and this is where, where, we, where we get in uh, the problem of evil, and this is what a lot of, you know, if God exists, why is there evil in the world? Mm. You know, and, and I always try to flip that around. And I say, I say, if God doesn't exist, how would we know that there's evil in the world? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, because if there if there's not some standard to which we have to compare evil, not some ultimate good standard to which mm-hmm. we have to compare evil, how do we know how to define what evil actually yeah. is? Yeah, without without the goodness of God, then what is evil is just action. Yes, it, it's, go, it's it's a neutral action. 
Exactly, which goes all the way back to the very first thing that Packer said when he was talking about we are not created to be free and autonomous to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if every person is their own law, if every person is their own version, and this is where you have, um, really in today's society, you have this whole idea of relativism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever's good for me is good for me. Whatever's good for you is good for you. No, that can't, that's never going to fly. Right. Because what if good for me is, you know, I want to kill your wife and kids. Well, that's good for me, but that's obviously not good for you. Right. You know, um, what if I want to speed and text at the same time and I'll run you over? Yeah. You know, I, you know, that may not be good for me, but it might be good for me, but it's definitely not good for you. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you, you can't say that the truth or evil or, or any anything like that. Morality is um, dependent on a person. It has to be dependent on a standard. Right. And the Christian worldview would say that standard is God. Mm-hmm. And it is God who allows and restrains the evil. Right. So. And, and then um, Packer also talks about how the law, the, while the law cannot... Um, while the law itself cannot res- like cause people to not do evil, and that's what we talked about, because the spirit, only the Holy Spirit can do that. But the law can prevent people from disobeying it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it when we talk about its judgment, so we, yeah. the law says this is going to happen if you do this. Well, I don't want that to happen, so I'm not going to do this. Exactly. Like, you're going to get a ticket if you speed, so don't speed. Exactly. Kind of thing. And and this is where we, we come up with, and I heard, I heard this talked about, um, the idea of friction. Um, you know, we, we say that, um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this as an example because, because this is the way I heard the argument uh, put forth. Let's talk about gun control. Okay. Okay. Um, there's people who say you should have no gun control because it's because it's an infringement on the Second Amendment. Amendment. Mm-hmm. Amendment. I went real southern there for a second. And then you have people who are like, no, we have to have gun control uh, on everything because we have to be able to control who's getting guns, how they're getting guns, why they're getting guns, um, and, and all of this. So it's like, let's take two polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the reality is the best solution for society is probably somewhere in that middle ground. Yeah, more than likely somewhere in there, there's some gun control. You have to be able to know who's got a gun, at least attempt to know who's got a gun. Um, You know, you have gun registries and all this kind of stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's not quite all the way to total, like, you know, no civilians have guns. Civilians are are not allowed to have guns. And if they have guns, then then they're going to kill everybody. Yeah. Um, and, And, of course, and on the, on the, on the pro-gun side of that, they argue, well, if we don't have guns, then just the criminals are going to have guns and, um, you know, criminals are going to kill us. And so you have these two polar opposites. And what you're trying to do when you create laws is say, all right, how do we create friction that may stop, try to stop the wrong people from getting the gun? Because here's the, here's the reality. If you're a law-abiding citizen who, you know, wants to protect your family and and wants to do all of the right things. Okay, you're going to go through the steps. You're going to take the test. You're going to go to the class. You're going to get the, alert, the, the permit. You're going to buy the gun. You're going to have the ammunition locked up like you're supposed to. All of that kind of stuff you're going to do. Those are all laws that are good and in place. Mm-hmm. You know, so so there's friction. But if you're, um, uh, you know, and, and of course, it all comes down to this this whole debate around mental health. You know, if you're not somebody who's mentally healthy, Maybe you're not going to do that, you know, and there's a chance that you're probably not going to get a, a gun. Now, you could break the law and, and go and do something, but that doesn't mean that you should get rid of that law. Yeah. You know, that, that doesn't mean that that law is useless because somebody broke the law. Because yeah. if you, if you want to follow that logic, then we should get rid of speed limits because everybody breaks the law right. speeding. You know, we should yeah. just get rid of all speed limits and we should all fly around as fast as we possibly can. But nobody's going to argue that. Right. Same, the same thing goes with seatbelts. You know, people don't wear their seatbelts, they get thrown out of a car in a wreck. Well, you know, people don't wear their seatbelts, so we should get rid of seatbelt laws. 
you know, nobody's going to argue that because right. it doesn't make sense. And but, so, but, but when the topic is some, is a hot button topic like gun control, gun control. Exactly. the, the uh, <laughs> logic doesn't follow. It doesn't follow. Now, don't hear me wrong. I love my Second Amendment. I love owning guns. I love, you know, that I can own guns. But I don't mind that there is a process that I have to go through right, to, to be able to own that gun the, the correct and proper way within the government. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't mind if the government knows that I have a gun. Mm-hmm. Now, you you come to my door and start taking my guns, we're going to have a talk. Right. <laughs> you know, but but it, it, at this point, I, I can say I've done nothing to break the law. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've, I've followed all of your stuff. I have my permits in place. I have, here's everything that's, you know, yeah. all of it is like it's supposed to be. Tell me why you need to confiscate my guns. Now. Yeah. You know, and, and then we're going to, you know, then we're going to have a problem. Right. But, but. You know, up until this point, people are people are all upset that you have to go get a pistol permit. I have no problems getting a pistol permit. I would right. prefer people get a pistol permit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's the same. I mean, following your kind of your same explanation, immigration is a very similar. Immigration is yeah, very similar thing. You know, if, if I have no problem if you're in our, the United States legally and have gone through the process, or you're going mm-hmm. through the process, or whatever, but. If you have no plans to go through the process, or if you came over illegally, or or whatever, you're breaking the law. Sorry. Yeah. There's. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, and and there has to be, and that's, I mean, that's two very very polarizing issues. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But but the reality is that if you're if you're here illegally, yes, you are breaking the law. Now. The solution might not be to to deport you. The solution might be to get you somewhere where you where you can say, "Oh no, I want to do. I yeah. want to be here the right way." Yeah. And so you have that that option available. Um, the solution might be for gun control that we have some type of thing that says you have to carry this or you have to carry that. You know, there there is a solution somewhere that we can all come up with, and that's how the law helps us keep lawlessness, you know, keep the streets from being lawless, keep it from being the purge. Yeah. You know, if you've ever seen the purge, it'd be like the purge for one night a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's how we do that. So, so, and, and, and that's why we have the, you know, we have Romans chapter 13 where, where it says, you know, we should obey civil, civil mm-hmm. laws. Um, as, as citizens, you know, we should, we should do that. Now, I think some people take it too far and, and they're like, you know, we should bow down and worship civil laws. No, I don't, you know, I think we have to recognize that our citizenship of heaven supersedes our citizenship of mm-hmm. whatever country we live in. Right. Um, it's and, like, and it's so, like in the United States, the federal law supersedes the state law. Exactly. You know, it would be, um, it would be a way to describe that as, as, as a Christian living in wherever you're living. Mm-hmm. If the law of the place you're living in contradicts the law of God, then obviously you don't follow the law of the yeah. land because the law of God says something else. And it, you're, well, that's that's why we end up getting religious exemptions. Yeah. For for you know, uh, the the biggest one that you get that I can think of recently is the religious exemption from the the Affordable Care Act. Mm. You know that that allowed for the and. It may still be in court. I don't know, um, but it allowed for the little sisters of the poor to not have to to do a certain thing. They they were granted a religious exemption um, on the cases that you know they would have to provide abortion. Well, abortion goes against their religious conscience, mm-hmm. um, and so so you know that's where you end up, and and that goes back to this whole idea of the freedom of liberty and, and the the threefold division of the law earlier that we talked about, right? Um, you know, in in that you're your religious conviction should supersede the civil government. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now if your religious conviction is, I want to go shoot everybody up, we need to talk about it. Yeah. You know, because, because, but if my religious conviction says I'm not willing to support abortion, then, then I should not be forced to support abortion. You know, that, that would be, that would be the equivalent of saying, well, my religious conviction is that the Nazis were right in killing all those people. You know, and 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 if I made that argument, people would be like, "Well, that's dumb." Yeah. You know, and 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 we recognize that kind of stuff. We have mm-hmm. to be able to recognize that kind of stuff as a as a human race. Right. So, but that brings us to the third. Yeah. 
division. <laughs> What's funny is in our notes, uh, Evil had the shortest. Restraining Evil had the least amount of notes in it. So. Yes, it did, and we ended up we ended up talking longest about yeah. that. So, but then we talk about how it guides us. Yeah, so, so tell us about how the law guides so, us. So the law leads the regenerate into the good works God has planned for them. Now, the regenerate, that's us. That's the... If you're a believer if in If you're Christ. a believer in Jesus, the regenerate is you. Um, so the law shows us what pleases God, what pleases our Heavenly Father, and by following the law, by obeying the law, we please God. Not to get anything from God, not to get his blessings, mm-hmm. not anything like that. But because he's God, he's mm-hmm. worthy, he's our He's our Heavenly Father. We obey him for the same reason that as children we obeyed our parents. Exactly. Because they said so. It may not have made all it may not have always <laughs> made sense to, you know, seven and eight year old Rick and Patrick, but but because God says so, we obey the law. Exactly. Um James chapter one verse twenty six. Uh no, that's not that one's not necessarily about the law, but but uh James chapter one verse twenty six. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. So, you know, and, and I would I would say that the, the book of James continues to argue repeatedly that, you know, the way that we act mm-hmm. Is representative of who we are. Yeah, and so if you if you're going to claim the mantle of Christianity, mm-hmm. then then you really should be carrying yourself with a certain demeanor. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say demeanor, but but um, there should be something evidently different about you, about the exactly. way you about the way you do business, about the way you interact with your family. About the way how you treat your friends, how you treat strangers, there should be something yes. visibly different about about how you live your life. Yes. If you're constantly going around and deceiving people, you might want to you might want to rethink if you're a Christian or not. You, yeah. you know, if you're if you live your life lying to people, you might want to rethink mm-hmm. your Christianity because you're not representing what Christ has commanded us to be in the law. Right. You know, and again, it's not that and Jesus goes back, he did not abolish the law. Mm-hmm. So we still there's there's still aspects of it that we have to follow. Mm-hmm. And it is the law is there as a guide. The law is there to show us how it is that we are to live in this way. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, if you if you just don't seem to care about anybody around you and, and you don't have any kind of feelings towards people that you want to see people do good or you want to be generous to people or you want to to care genuinely about people right you might want to rethink it yeah you know because because and 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 to go back to it i mean jesus is our example how did jesus treat people Mm. yeah you know he dined with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes he 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 was he came as the chief he came as the expectant king spent the time with the least the least of people, mm-hmm. the marginalized, yeah, the outcast, and, and the religious people who thought they were the ones worthy of Jesus's time, were ultimately the ones that led to his yeah. death. But yeah. also, I mean, Jesus told us that, you know, people, he said those who become his disciples, those who become my disciples, must be taught to keep the law mm-hmm. and to do and and to obey it. Um, he says that in Matthew. So yes, um, it's not that the law. You know, we talked about this already. It's not that the law is, you know, out of out of practice or out of date or whatever. It's still there for us to to live by. It's our guide to to live life. Um, so yeah, and, and and it all. I mean, it all comes down to this: Do you believe the Bible? Mm-hmm. You know. Because if you if you if you affirm Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, you know that all of Scripture mm-hmm. is breathed out by God, and is and is capable of rebuke, teaching, correcting, and instructing the man of righteousness in the way that he should live. If you believe that, mm-hmm. then that doesn't mean well all of Scripture except for the Torah. 
except for this, except for that. That's not right. what that means. You either believe all of it is, or you don't believe all of yeah. it. This is that's this pretty clear cut, you know, yes or no question. Yeah. And honestly, if you're a believer and you're in, or if you're claiming to be a believer and you say that, you know, most of the Bible is true or whatever, then you're not any better than people who pick and who will pluck verses out of context of mm-hmm. who, people who are non-believers who are saying, oh, well, the Bible says such and such about homosexuality or such and such about this and that. So, I mean, obviously they don't know what they're talking about. It's an outdated religion and they're living in the in the 200s or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you're a believer and, and you don't believe from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation, that it's all inspired by God, that it's all true, then probably need to check yourself. Yeah. Before you get wrecked. <laughs> you won't wreck yourself, you will get wrecked. Yeah. Um, check so it yeah. or wreck it. Check it or wreck it. So yeah, there's, a, there's our discussion on the law, the application of the law, how the law applies to us. Uh, we hope you find that useful. And if you want to email us and complain about how we don't know what we're talking about, then you can do that at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear how wrong we are. Yeah, please um, please tell us. You know, send us send us some hate mail. If we ever get hate mail, we'll probably, like, read it on the podcast or something. So that would send us be amazing. That's, that's one of my favorite sections of the Babylon Bee podcast is, is hate mail. You know, people, people hate yeah. me. Yeah, cracks me up. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, we'll read your hate mail on the on the air. Yeah. We don't mind. Bring it on. You know, I mean, you can um, send us messages on Instagram at beers and bible underscore. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll read those there. Um, read you can send us tweet. You can tweet at us. Beers and Bible P one. How many followers do we have there? I think we're up to like twelve. Nice. We're we're living it up. Followers. We, I mean, to- we're, we, we're, we totally did this whole thing backwards. We should have gained a following and then started yeah, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. We're, th- we're the Beers and Bible podcast. We're, we're not in this to do it the right way. <laughs> we do it our own way, even if there is, like, a very obvious <laughs> we method. We make the rules. Yes. So. We make the rules. Whatever. But. Ten, no, sorry. Ten followers. We're at ten followers. No, two people unfollowed us <laughs> since since we talked about it so either that or i was wrong earlier who knows but anyway until next time we hope you have a, a happy thanksgiving don't get mauled on black friday yes and, and the next time that you hear our sultry voices it will be december it'll be this yes it will because it'll be december 5th or 6th or something like that yeah so i say it'll sultry voices time. i know that they're like warbled and but whatever I'm gonna say sultry so (laughs) um so until next time we hope you have a great week enjoy some fresh beer and we will see you later peace out see ya you enjoy what you hear on beers and bible please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast 